Randy Taylor talking some uh, USC recruiting. And, Randy, getting down to playoff time, opening up this week. But uh, I know you made a trip down to San Diego uh, last week and had a chance to see a couple guys I really want to talk about. And that is, uh, you know, Isaac Taylor Stewart, the, the defensive back from Helix, and then a new offer last week for the Trojans from Mission Hills, wide receiver Chris Olave, who's just putting up some real nice numbers this year. So uh, let's start off talking about Isaiah. What did you uh, What did you see from him? Well, uh, he, he's such a talented, and I, I didn't see them play, but I was over at their school and, and all that. So, I, but what I, Isaac Taylor Stewart is is just like we've talked is a specimen and a tall athletic fast you know a uh, guy that ran under four or five at the nike event and, and just has every tool that you could see him playing on sunday and uh and it's kind of interesting because what he's done for that team is well two things one he also plays receiver he runs the ball uh, he, so he's, he does a lot for them, but he's not targeted a lot because of that ability. And he only had four picks. What, what it did was it, it uh, highlighted the corner on the other side, a kid named Rashad Scott, who's about a six one ish kid, 180, 85 pounds, who has had plenty of chances and really responded well. And, and as a D1 guy, he's a San Diego State commit. I, I don't know. I don't think he's an SC guy, but. But it was kind of interesting, and when you have talent like that, and they've got a bunch of young talent that's at uh, Helix, like like they always do. They usually do. And so <laughs> it was it was it was kind of cool to have Isaac uh, be kind of the, the name, and have these other kids step up uh, uh, to make plays. And Rashad Scott is one of the guys that benefited. So that that was kind of cool. And then, I mean, and interesting with Isaac moving over, you know, this is a new school. He was at St. Augustine before, yeah. And uh, and to just come into Helix now, and it sounds like things are are working out well for him. It doesn't always happen that way with a a senior transfer, but it sounds like it is for Isaac. Well, he's too talented, and you know, and he's he does he's had a couple. He's been banged up and uh, had some things, but he's he's played. He's been in all of their games. He's he's rushed for over three hundred yards, and he's. You know, caught a couple balls and he's, you know, done some things. So he's done a lot of things for the team, uh, along with, and he's played some safety and corner and, and they're able to use, you know, some of their other guys. But uh, I just thought that was a cool part of it is that his ability allowed this other kid to get a, get a D, couple D1 offers and, and, uh, probably beginning of the year, I, I didn't have him as a, uh, FBS kid, I kind of had him close, but he got taller and, and all that kind of stuff. So his presence helps other other players, and, and uh, you know he'll do that wherever he goes. His biggest thing, the only thing that I would like to see him, and it happens with so many really talented kids, is he's not a guy that finishes every time. You know, he's mm-hmm. he, they get to a point where you know. I can go make this play, and sometimes they watch when others do it. Uh, And it's not a – I've seen it before, so it's not like he's a lazy kid or a bad kid. He just is so talented that sometimes you just get caught up in watching your your teammates Mm -hmm. have some success, I guess, is, is how I would put it. 
I, I think it's just going to be so interesting to see this kid when he translates to the college level. Just You just don't see many corners if that's where he ends up playing with, with his physical skill set and, and that speed. Yeah. Um, really be an unbelievable safety, too. So, yeah, it's – uh, yeah, he's he's a, a talented kid, and then and so here's the problem. Sometimes those five star guys don't turn out to be five star players, and and that's when college coaches call them coach killers. Right. But I don't think right. this guy is in that category. Well, let me ask you this: you you, you mentioned it was safety. Um, you, you've seen him at some camps. You've seen uh, a little bit more of him. Um, do you think at this point that corner is the more likely destination, or could you see safety? Would you bet that way? Well, I would. I would put him at corner when I when I got him. I, I think he has every tool, and the thing that you like about him is his size, and, and he's got length, and he's got speed, and he's got all that stuff. Uh, you could then he would give you a lot of versatility to be able to move him inside if you wanted to cover a, a talented slot guy or put him in the back end. And it would kind of depend on how you wanted to use him. What your defense was and where you needed him, but because he is so versatile with his, his skills and size. And so, uh, but, but I think there's no question you can put him at corner and, and see how it works out because he would be a guy that could, you know, they call the eraser, he could erase that side of the ball. <laughs> it, it's interesting, SC's tried to do the opposite with, with Jamel Cook, came in as a safety tried him as a slot corner and now have him in the outside corner. And it hasn't panned out yet, but you see a similar long frame. You see similar athletic traits. I understand very much why they are trying to look at that because if Jamel does eventually figure out and gets out there, boy, that's a heck of a guy to have there at corner who also can slide inside if needed. Totally understand the thought process. Yeah. uh, You normally recruit corners to, to move inside if they have the size, but it can go the other way. And especially if you're in press coverage where a physical guy can, can be, a, you know, a safety-type mentality can play on, a, on the edge, uh, you know, on a on a X, you know, split end, uh, or a, a, you know, a cover two kind of guy who could sit in that zone and, and do some things or, you know, even get into cover three. So the guy can do a lot of different things. Where he might need work is just on that off coverage in man. So uh, it's just a matter of of him fitting what they're trying to do. Okay, let's uh, let's go up the freeway a little bit and uh, go to Mission Hills and uh, talk about Mr. Olave. He's a guy who you know uh, had to sit out last year and is now at Mission Hills with Tuttle, and uh, again just just putting up big numbers. And now the Trojans step in with an offer. Last week, there's a lot of receivers on the board, but if you're making an offer at this point, that that tells me the Trojans like what they see. Yeah, and they should. I, I it was fun to watch them. I've had them rated as a Division One guy. I, I upped his grade to an elite uh, Division One guy because I got a chance to actually see him in a game, which really helps you because you can see him compete. and And he's a thin kid, you know. He's still got room to grow. Uh, but he just has the quickness. He, he's a hand catcher. You know, he's kind of a natural guy like that. And he's going to get bigger, stronger, faster. And, and that happens in college when you have a better nutrition plan and you, you've got the supplements and you've got those strength and conditioning guys. And, and it's more of a year-round type of a, a situation for these athletes. And so the thing about him is a terrific ceiling. 
he is uh he can stick his foot in the ground, redirect, he can get separation. And in the game I saw the, the San Marcos, it was Mission Hills versus San Marcos, which is that in town rivalry, uh they really got after Tuttle and, and I'll met Tuttle's a talented guy. But mm-hmm. they did a nice job and and this guy just does what he does. Uh he seemed like he was open a lot and he played against a pretty good kid. And I'll talk about Kyle Phillips, but he was a guy that you know what they what they did to get him started is they started throwing up some some quicks, you know, some a hitch or this, you know, screens and things like that where he could get the ball in his hand. And then he's good because he can make guys miss. Mm-hmm. And he's he's gonna get faster because he's still those lean guys. I love them because you know you like I said you're gonna get them bigger, stronger, faster. And he's a guy that. uh really has a heck of a ceiling when he does that. It is real interesting when you start to look at it, Randy, because you got so – you, so you have him on the wish list right now. you got an Andre Hunt uh, committed. you still got St. Brown out there. There's a lot of receivers. Chase Coda just released his uh, kind of set of top four, and, and SC is on there, and he's looking to sign early. So you got a lot of really good receivers coming down here at the end. It'll be interesting to see how that SC pecking order – uh, pans out here in the next couple of weeks. My suggestion to them is take the best guys and, and then and sign them and move on. What do you think of that? I think that's a good one. <laughs> it's not. It's you know. It, it, you can kind of simplify the whole thing. Take the best guys on your board. And say, but it then it's not like the NFL where you can just take. Them, right? You got to recruit. Well, that's what. Uh, and isn't that the interesting part of college recruiting? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sure is. Yeah, and commits and decommits. The definition of the word commit is is not uh, what we we think of. But but I, there's so many talented receivers. I think they'll they'll get theirs. And, and Hunt had a better game and has has skills that. Uh, oh sure. He's a tough kid, and I I like him. Uh, he's one of those guys that will. I, you know, I don't know if he's a is he a Steve Smith kind of a guy. I'm not sure he's that fast, but he's kind of one of those guys that just gets open, is tough, makes plays, competes, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll see how that shakes out. So who else? Uh, yeah. Who else did you see down there? So I, I uh, uh, thank uh, Chris Hauser, who's been at Vista and Mission Hills for 187 years. <laughs> it's not been that long, but. But he, he's great head coach at Mission Hills. He helped me see Jack Tuttle, which, you know, the kids committed to Utah. And he's really talented. He's got really good size, uh, timing. He does have a little more athletic ability than some think and, and can extend the game. Uh, and he's got pretty good arm strength. So, you know, he's, he's a guy that SC will play against. A, a couple of kids that I think, uh, because of their lineage, uh, are interesting. There's two. Of Junior Seau's nephews play at Mission Hills. There's a sophomore defensive lineman, Shiloh Seau. He's about 5'11", 250. And then a freshman who could really be good. Linebacker, running back, Mikhail Soto. He's about a six foot, 190 pound kid and, uh, both, both nephews of, uh, of juniors. So, uh, USC legacy, but, uh, and talented kids. Uh, San Marcos has some good players. The, the one kid, uh, that they put on Olave all day, who is, is not going to end up as a corner, is a kid, uh, Kyle Phillips, who I really like. He's a, 
he's a UCLA commit, but he's, he's probably more of a receiver uh, mm-hmm. or a safety than he is a corner. But uh, he's kind of the Heinz Ward, Marcus Colston, Wes Welker type of guy. You know, great routes. He's a, you know, he's got some thickness to him. Uh, he competes, and, and he just he's moved around player. wherever. Uh, however, Olave went and did a, did a pretty good job, except on some of the deeper stuff where he can't run. But uh, that was that was interesting. The other games I got this year or saw uh, St. Augustine, uh, J.R. Justice, David Justice's son, has had a great year. He just recently got hurt. He's committed to San Diego State, but he is a talented kid that was getting better and better, uh, you know, and, and just another wide receiver. And they do. Uh, St. Augustine just got a bunch of solid FBS, FCS players. Um, mm-hmm. Madison mm-hmm. High School, young and talented. Uh, they've got some key seniors. Uh, Chris Batalua is a, div- a Division One guy. They've got a huge offensive lineman, Stevie Hicks Jr., six three, three thirty, who's a real grader who who will play uh, hopefully on scholarship. But they've got some youngsters who are are talented. They've got a. a Track fast uh, running back, 2019 kid Keenan Kristen, who is just starting to get some uh, uh, attention. Keep an eye on him uh, running back, and then they have a really talented uh, sophomore, Keontae Springs, another running back, uh, 5'10", 160. So they're they're doing well. Uh, I was at Cathedral Canyon. They have uh, some really good young. They've got a, a 2021 running back. Who who again is another fast 10, 900 meters, 10, 800 meters as a freshman. Uh, Elisha Lloyd, who's going to be a really good player running back. Uh, uh, they've got a huge offensive defensive lineman, Ross Masuli, who's a, a true freshman. And then uh, I always like to talk about the specialists because they've got a, a long snapper who's a 2019 kid who might be the best long snapper I've seen this year. A kid named Nathan Winnetta, who uh, will be a guy that that colleges are gonna are gonna really recruit, and and if they have to scholarship, uh, which you know sometimes that's tough uh, tough on the uh, uh, scholarship numbers. But uh, and I saw Vista play Carlsbad, both okay. Neither of those guys had uh, had great uh, top end players. And La Costa Canyon had some good players. So, uh, really it was, it was fun to go and, and see some kids in the San Diego area. There's a lot of talent down there. I also went to Lincoln, uh, and, uh, Morse. And I saw mm-hmm. them on Wednesday. Lincoln has got a kid named Kashan Ford, uh, who is a sophomore corner who really, really could be good. Just a natural, uh, corner. Uh, and they've got a bunch of athletes, so it's fun to go see Lincoln. Lincoln has made a comeback and is probably uh, one of the better teams in, in San Diego, probably in the top top ten. Uh, David Dunn has done a nice job down there with those kids. So, uh, and Morris being the, the school that's about uh, five minutes away, you know, uh, walking uh, has some good young talent. So it was fun to see those those city schools too, and, and see those coaches and working with those. Those great kids out there. It was interesting when you were talking about Tuttle, just uh, uh, breaking down your thoughts on him. And, and he was the first quarterback that SC reached out to uh, when, when Matt Corral and USC parted ways. Uh, Tuttle got the first call. 
And yeah. uh, so that tells you something about what the SC coaches thought of him. But uh, the kid stayed loyal, loyal to Utah. There's obviously a connection there. And yeah. uh, he didn't budge. No, he's uh, he's been been enticed and is still being enticed by a whole bunch of schools and, and is sticking with that Utah uh, commitment. So uh, good for him. Okay. Well, who's on the agenda first round of the playoffs this week? So here's, you know, you know me, I never go to the big games. I go to, to, to the games where I'm trying to find players. However, I will go to modern day today, so I'll get a chance to hang out with, with uh, one of my favorites, Coach Rollinson, and, and then watch practice. Uh, Thursday, I'll see Tesoro and Upland, and I've seen them both. What I wanted to see with Upland was those talented kids uh, under pressure. Uh-huh. In a, in a uh, urgency, you know, one one and out or one and done or whatever that you call it. So I, I, that'll be good. Plus, it's close to home. Uh, the other, and then Friday, I'm going to go see uh, Banning at Big Bear. Now, you really have to want to go see a game to drive out to Big Bear for me. Anyway. Right. right. But uh, Banning actually has a pretty good player out there, uh, Junior Teron Madison, that I want to see. And it gives me a chance to smoke the cigar. Um, then I've got the La Mirada at Heritage, and then uh, Maranatha at Aquinas. And Aquinas has about four or five Division One players, uh, three of them from Germany. And so that'll be interesting. They've got a Cisse uh, Salyu, who's a, a athletic quarterback who I think could be a tight end. Uh, they've got a kid named Friss who's uh, been offered, I think, committed to Cal. They got the Gasca kid who's I think going to Colorado, and then they got a really nice uh, junior running back, Rankins, who uh, uh, is a talented kid that I'll go see, and then see who else they got from out of the country while I'm there. So that's my that's my week, man. That's uh, I'm fired up. That's a good one. I I really like the thought of that Upland to Soro game. Uh, Upland will probably handle business. Uh, Pretty good right there, but obviously Justin Flo. And then I want to hear your thoughts afterwards on Baldwin. Um, yeah. I really like where he's matured in his game this year uh, yeah. from what we saw him last year as a freshman. So obviously only a sophomore this year. I think this kid is uh, – I'm really anxious to see where he's going uh, for that class. And then You uh, know, and I will say this. Tesoro will get after him. They've got some guys. They've got a kid named Williams who can come off the edge and is just a uh, – just a hair on fire type of a guy, and they've got some other kids. They're just a really well coached uh, team. Poston does a nice job down there. They've got a nice good quarterback, and so it'll be uh, uh, it'll be interesting game. And and uh, you know it's kind of like if 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 Upland you know does what they're supposed to do, you know, you would think they'd win the game, but Tesoro won't make it easy on them. I don't think, especially early. Right, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Chase Peterson fan as well. They're their yeah. quarterback. He's uh, he's getting uh, a lot of calls from Pac-12 schools. You know, come take a visit, come take a look. No, no offers from Pac-12 schools yet, but a guy who's just on that bubble right now um, to see how things fall. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the. I think you told me about him way back we, in we, the day. Way back in the day, yeah. Okay, yeah, well let's yeah. uh, <laughs> let's go to the, the Taylor topic of the week. What do you got for us? Well, are we going to talk about JCs? Sure. Well, I, I I just wanted to know. But let's go to Taylor topic. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the JC recruiting because that that can kind of be my my topic as well. But uh, one of the things that that I uh, 
always tell kids when I go speak at high schools and parents is there are so many great opportunities. Rarely are there big-time Division One players on a team, and, and teams that have several are are unusual, you know, like the Uplands and the Helixes and those. And, and my thing is, is that that families, parents, athletes really got to understand about reality. And so in recruiting, it's easy to tell if if coaches are interested in you. If you're a senior and no one's calling you or writing to you or you haven't been offered or brought to campus by D1 schools, you are not a Division One player. And so the Division Twos of the world, the Division Threes and, 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 and AIA and even JCs, uh, gotta be where, where you, you should look. And we're lucky here because there's so many really good Division Three programs when you talk about Redlands and, and Laverne and, and, uh, uh, Chapman and, you know, so they're, and they're really good. They're great JCs. Uh, Zuzu Pacific is a heck of a Division One school. You've got the Sacramento uh, and UC Davis and Poly, Cal uh, Poly San Luis Obispo. So we're lucky uh, to have USD is another great program, really high academics, kind of the Ivy League of the West. Uh, so there's so many opportunities outside of Division One, and and parents especially, and their athletes uh, need to start paying attention to the attention they're getting from college coaches and less about what someone's putting in their ear. And mm-hmm. that's kind of my my sermon for uh, for today. Well, and, and Reverend, for, USC recruiting, for USC recruiting purposes, it, it's pretty timely because the Trojans did offer, you know, multiple junior college guys last week, including a t- the top tight end from the country out at Arizona Western. And, you know, you mentioned all the quality programs, Arizona Western, certainly on that list. Um, yeah. Always a couple players there every year, but uh, it would not be at all a surprise this year if the Trojans do take some J.C. guys. If you, you know, an offensive lineman, you can certainly see that happening. The, you know, either side of the line on the defensive line and tight end wouldn't be a surprise at all to see some tro- the Trojans go the J.C. route. Yeah, and, and I, when you brought it up, I, I you know, I, I've been involved in J.C. recruiting. I'm a big fan of junior colleges. Uh, I, I think, you know, the Jameer Johnson kid is, you know, and, and Dominic Wood Anderson are both those Arizona Western guys you're talking about, uh, tight end and, and offensive line. And I, you know, JC's you go to, uh, for need and, uh, somebody that's too good to pass up. And, and so you look at where SC is, you can tell of their thinking. You know, they, they want to go get a good big tight end, an offensive tackle. Uh, they've got some D linemen on on the list. They've got a huge defensive end that's committed to Louisville. They've offered from Gulf Coast. Uh, uh, Caleb, another kid, Caleb Tremblay, a D tackle from American River, and another D tackle, Emmett Good from Independence. And so, you know, that that's a uh, uh, needs. Yeah, if you see the offensive lineman, the offensive tackle, a lot of times when you look at your team and you're having to play freshmen. It doesn't always mean they're not talented. It means that your sophomores and juniors may not be uh, as talented, so you better add some depth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of look at all of this when you when you do your recruiting board. Uh, you got to you know figure all that stuff out. The other thing is, is for mid year guys, just like this year with high school, the mid year signing is huge. 
that sure. December 20th, you know, you get to, to get those kids, and hopefully you can bring them in mid-year, uh, and that's the key. You get older guys to come in and compete right away. And the last thing I would say about J.C. is what it does, and this also is with the early signing guys in high school, you able to count them on your scholarship numbers to the following class, 2018, mm-hmm. or if you mm-hmm. didn't use all of your 2017 scholarships or had some kids leave, you can count them back to that. So you're able to maybe bring in 28 kids, you know, sure. as opposed to 25 or 24. So all of that stuff benefits your program, uh, gives you quick fixes, and, and helps you fill needs. So it's all positive stuff, and and uh, it'll it'll be interesting uh, to see how it all all falls in place, right? Uh, it, it will, without a doubt. All right, Randy, appreciate uh, appreciate the time as always. We'll uh, have a good time out there watching games this week, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, buddy. Talk Thanks to you soon. A lot.